Hello, and uh, welcome to season three of our podcast. I'm Mary Abazia, and I'm proud to have with me my colleagues, Tom Smitali and Sean Wellam. Hi, guys. Hey, Mary. Hey, Mary. So, uh, yeah, we've received some great feedback from our listeners that encouraged us to look at um, recent marketing cases and, you know, looking at the success and the failures and and help them figure out what they can learn from these cases. So it led us to call this season the Marketing Casebook. So we're going to end each of our podcasts by uh, figuring it out and providing you with at least one lesson that you and, and other B2B companies can apply right back to your business. Um, Sean, what is today's episode? <laughs> well, t- today's episode, episode one, the case of the one-way mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay um so the, this case is about Kraft Heinz and uh and it's it was a big miss uh you know when I saw this uh it, it was a story on CNBC and I teased my son that he's you know he's he hasn't been eating mac and cheese lately and I said I think you're causing their sales to drop um, but, you know, as it turns out, it's a huge issue. Kraft Heinz, uh, we know them for that box macaroni and ketchup. They had profits last year of over $8 billion, And it has swung to where they are now at a loss of $12.6 billion. A loss of $12.6 billion uh, in this fourth quarter. And, of course, the, the stock tumbled um, by 28%. So, and if that's not daunting enough, I think for me when i when i understood it more is that they have had stagnant sales for over three years so flat sales three years consumers heating habits have shifted and they're moving away from packaged goods they want to eat fresh or at least they want to buy from brands that have a healthier image um, so to their credit, they tried to create an all-natural <laughs> Oscar Mayer hot dog. No, I'm not quite sure what that means, but you know they they've been trying to do that and cutting costs. But so there's this there's the the layout of this story. So Sean, why are we calling this case the one-way mirror? <laughs> you didn't quite nail the continuity announcer voice that I tried to do, Mary. We calling it that. Look, it's a metaphor, right? Because actually, I was going to—I was going to say, you know, when you get arrested. But I thought I wouldn't say that because it might give too much away about my private life. Um, but you know, in those movies where someone's being interrogated by the FBI, and there's a there's a mirror on the wall, and behind the mirror are all the other investigators that can see what's going on. But on the other side, whether where the perpetrator sits, it's just a mirror. Same thing when you walk through customs in many airports, you see a mirror, you know there's people behind it looking at you. And I was thinking about those mirrors, and the fact is that even though there's a whole world going on behind them, when you look into them, you just see your own reflection back. And it's that sort of mental, if you like, mindset that I think companies can suffer from, is that they're so caught up in their own reflection, it's difficult to see through and what's going on in the in the wider world? So it's uh, it's it's an idea that that people just don't see past what is here and now, and see if you like somewhat into the future, into an alternative world. Of course, the real question is 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 why do people act in that way? Yeah, some of the information that I read on this case was that the downward trend in craft sales started in 2014. So this has been going on for a while. And you do have to ask yourself, this is a huge company 
with you know, lots of really intelligent people running it. And how is it that companies can miss big trends like this and, um, and allow their sales to, to decrease so much when it's really obvious to the rest of the world that there's a big trend and a big shift going on? So, Mary, what are some of the things that we've seen that cause people to have this kind of, I guess, myopia? Oh, man. Well, I, I think that some of it is, is that there's a lot of activity, you know, I, I, that everyone's trying to cut costs. And, um, but the other even more dangerous piece I think that we've seen is, is that companies are good at doing what they do. And um, so they have this false sense of we're going to continue to do this because, you know, because we were making money and um, and it's it's easier to kind of stay in silos and continue to do what you've done. There's a good chance that, um, you know, at Kraft, using Kraft as an example, that um, that that the people that were in charge of Fresh didn't really look at ways to um to replace some of their own business from from what I can see so far. Um, Sean, what do you think? You know, I think it's interesting that people, with hindsight, a lot of things are very clear. You know, why didn't we see that? Why didn't we pick up on this? But of course, in the the day-to-day, it's not always that obvious, in particular, if you're not looking for it, right? But it's somehow that, that you, it, it makes sense when you look back with clarity, but in the, in the here and now, it's hard to anticipate. And I think part of the, the, the answer to that is, is not to spot a trend and completely change your business model on the assumption it will be a long-term seismic shift in your market, but rather have the ability to, to, to keep the, the, the spotlights out there looking for those trends and, and te- testing and trying to find out what, what might be real and what might not be, might, might be some sort of illusionary like blip in the marketplace. But if you've got that, that ability to, to question, to keep saying, what if, you know, what if this trend takes off? What if people suddenly shift towards a healthier lifestyle? What if people suddenly start vacationing at home more than traveling? All sorts of things can fill that what if space and developing that mindset, I think is part of it, not to lay down the big bets, but to consider multiple options and be very, I guess, very light on your feet and ready to move when the when the, the moment's the moment's right. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that, Sean. I like the idea of the mindset. Um, when you look at big companies like Kraft, however, it's like you have to systematize that mindset. You know, you have to have a process in place to say, not only, I mean, we work with companies all the time that identify trends, but to your point is, if you don't then take that through to to test them out constantly. It's almost like you, you're interacting with, with your community of customers on an ongoing basis, always trying to figure it out. It's not like a one and done. It's, you know, you're always testing it and, um, and the company has 20% at least that they're always investing in just playing with what's going on in the future. So you're right. You don't put everything on the shelf, but you put some on the shelf. But there's another argument as well, that what makes big corporations very efficient, the operational efficiency that is hand in hand with a well-run global business acts as a break on some of that thinking outside of the box because you know what you should be doing every quarter every year you know your product launches you've got all these metrics that you're looking at again looking into the mirror just looking at what you know what you're creating 
and what makes them very good at exploiting the long-term growth trends or the long-term trends in, in certain markets acts as an absolute handicap when it comes to seeing past that and, and doing that. What if, you know, there's, there's another dynamic here. It's, it's that organizational dynamic, which is why I guess you see so many of the real breakthroughs that are based on emerging trends or technologies coming from outside of the, of the usual players, right? Yeah, Mary mentioned it earlier that th these organizations, they work in, in silos and, and they're focused on survival of their brand and their product and, and frankly, of, of their jobs. But would you guys agree that more quickly than ever, trends are emerging and taking hold due to, due to technology? Is that something that you guys would agree with that statement? Yeah, I think technology is like, is like a, a multiplier, isn't it? I mean, the fact that when we were renting videos from Blockbuster, we wanted some convenience. We wanted a range of available movies and we wanted to be able to pop in there on the way back from work maybe and pick up a movie to watch and then not be too worried about having to get it back and, and so on and so So, so we, we had this need. Now, obviously, we would like just to click our fingers and just have the movie on demand and not have to worry about returning it because we'd just rent it, watch it, and we're done. And that's really the Netflix model, both in their original movies by post model and the, the model that we know today and that, that sort of thing. You know, the, the need exists long before the technology makes it possible. Same with Uber. We'd all like just to wave a cab, jump in, jump out, not worry about paying or anything. But the technology wasn't there. So I think it's like a multiplier time. I think the needs that, that people have, the benefits they're looking for probably exist all the time, but they're just not attainable. And technology provides that sudden leap forward where where somebody can provide it, you know? Well, and I think to agree, Sean, and the technology, what it does is it lowers the barriers to entry that used to exist in so many uh, industries. Now it's easy to get, I, I should, you know, easy is a relative term, but it's easier than ever to get into a business and competition, you know, springs up from, you know, new and different places all the time. And it requires a skill set that companies just don't, seem to be very good at. It's the skill set of figuring out how to cannibalize yourself. <laughs> because the idea is if, if you don't cannibalize yourself, then somebody else will. And I think that's something that that craft just kind of tepidly waded into, if at all. They saw the fresh movement and they sort of you know, made some cosmetic changes. Oscar Meyer, what was it, Mary? Oscar Meyer organic hot dogs? Yes, all natural. <laughs> all natural Oscar. <laughs> it's a little bit odd. I wonder if they tested that one with customers. Maybe there's a segment, but you're absolutely right, you know. That, that must mean that there exists a product called the unnatural hot dog, just by logical yes. reference. So that, that's, a, that's a scary thought. No, no, but but I do think that um, I agree with you guys about the technology being an, an enabler and the mindset being an enabler. Um, when we think about competition, you know, as, as if I'm a big packaged goods company, I'm looking across on a weekly basis, maybe even daily basis at the other packaged goods companies. And it's almost like you always have to have, you know, item X where you take the most odd indirect competitor uh, because those are the ones that are really going to kill us. Um, they do things different than we do. They satisfy the same benefits completely different way and they satisfy changing benefits even better. So to have, you know, to have that discipline of saying, 
we are always going to have on our radar at least one rogue company, one rogue that does things so different than what we do and start to at least identify. Um, that shouldn't take the place, of course, of looking at what customer needs are. Now, customers don't always know what they need, so you can't ask them straight out. But when you start to see trends, where you start to see them picking up, you know, something that no one knows what this brand is, but they're starting to eat it because it has fresh parsley in it, you know, that's where you, your radar goes, hmm, there may be something here that we need to put. And like I said, I some of the companies put 20% into this rogue um part of their business and they're always investigating that but then you have to continue with it too you can't just investigate you got to be really putting it out there and watching it i think what do you guys think i think that's the absolute key isn't it it's 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 having that broad view of the of the future taking into account all of the trends that you might see keep asking what if and being prepared to move at the right time not move so don't be so fickle that you're always chasing the latest thing but don't be so stuck in your ways that you fail to see when that when the ground is shifting so yeah i, I think it's just like everything isn't it? it it's a balance but i think the key thing is is you've got to start having that mindset to some extent you've got to put it into the disciplinary process of your day-to-day work of thinking what have we done this week this month about scanning the horizon and looking for those opportunities and at least start the conversation make a conscious choice yeah, Sean, the word discipline you just used is exactly what I had in mind as well. I think that companies can do a lot better job of having some kind of a discipline to scan the horizon, whether it be to, you know, game plan, as Mary's talking about, against um, an indirect co- competitor. But it, it may even be to the extent of having a process for just agreeing on what trends we are really going to act on and which ones are really going to be meaningful for our business. It's crazy, but we've seen some really, really big companies who um, are well-respected in their industries missed trends. And um, when we asked and, and investigated how it happened, there was disagreement in the company whether the trend was going to be meaningful in their industry or not. Some people thought it was going to be meaningful and other people didn't. And the net result of that disagreement was the companies did nothing. And so there has to be some kind of formal process for hashing these things out and making a decision and coming to some agreement as to what trends and when it, which indirect competitors a company is really going to, to, to focus on and start creating these experiments that we're talking out about to see, uh, you know, if, if they can, you know, yes, begin to cannibalize some of their own sales, but in the long run, maintaining the volume of the sales that they had under the old world. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean, what, if you had to... to- summarize what would be the one lesson that you think customers really need to to think about or, or our listeners need to think about uh don't get arrested from my earlier comment at the very beginning <laughs> Good. <And> the, <laughs> don't, eat, don't eat unnatural hot dogs don't eat unnatural <laughs> hot dogs but seriously i think what what people what 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 they need to do is to introduce that discipline of scanning the horizon of capturing what trends are happening not to leap on the bandwagon if that's how you see it but to have the discipline of collecting information about trends and on a fairly regular basis, 
debating, analyzing, discussing. And if you can't get agreement on whether this is a big trend that's going to have a major impact or not, start to build up contingencies, possibly experiment. You've got to be more agile in how you approach that. And that comes from instituting some form of of discipline through your usual meeting cycles. So so just add that that discipline to your other 101 meetings that you have to attend and contribute to. But this is an important one. Don't miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom? I agree. And since we're only going to do one lesson, I'm just going to build off this lesson. I think that uh, all the things that Sean just said about discipline are spot on. And it also comes with a mindset that I'm, you know, as a company, I'm going to experiment with cannibalizing myself because if I don't do it, somebody else might. So um, we're going to close out. We hope that you're enjoying this season. Um, If you want to give us any feedback, uh, go to our accidentalmarketer.com website and there is a podcast button for you or you can go to iTunes. We have our podcast there as well and give us a rating and uh, you can always email us too. We'd love to get any feedback uh, regarding these topics. Thank you. Thank you.